darkness at thy speaking it was done. Welcome to sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hands on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears and after spitting touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephutha, that is, be opened. And his ears were open, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen. They brought a deaf and tongue-tied man to Jesus, and they asked Jesus to lay his hands on him. So fulfilling that request, Jesus put his fingers in the man's ears and saliva actually right on his tongue. And then he said these words, Be opened. And at the command of Jesus' word, the man's ears were immediately opened to hear, and his tongue was immediately freed to speak. Just at the command of Jesus' word, be opened. Now, this amazing miracle should not catch us off guard, for this is not the first time, it is indeed not the first time, that Jesus, by his spoken word, did the impossible. For example, in the fourth chapter of Mark's Gospel, we read about Jesus rebuking the raging sea, saying these words, Peace, be still. And at the command of Jesus' voice, that wild sea bowed in honor and glory to the command of Jesus' word. And who can forget? Yes, who can forget that encounter Jesus had with the man who was demon-possessed? like the mighty raging sea, and that deaf man, that demon-possessed man, and those demons within that man, they encountered a powerful word of Jesus. And they were kicked out of the demon-possessed man just by a simple command. The point being is this, my friends. When Jesus speaks, things happen. Waves bow down, demons shudder, diseases run, and sickness submits to the word of Jesus. That is right. The word of Christ, it actually does stuff. The word of Jesus is powerful. And here's the key point for us to take note of. That very same word of Jesus that was spoken to that sick man, and the very same word that was spoken to the demoniacs, that very same word that was spoken to the deaf man, and the storms, and so forth, in the New Testament, is the same word spoken by the prophets in the Old Testament as well. Indeed, Jesus is the author. Indeed, he is the author of all of Scripture, which means that the word of Christ was not only spoken in the New Testament, but was spoken in the Old Testament as well. 
the word of Christ. And the good news for us today as well is this, is not only is the word of Christ spoken in the Old and New Testament, it is spoken right here in our every day and age when pastors and Christians simply preach and teach and confess the Bible. But if this powerful word of Christ is accessible in our day and age, why are we Christians in America sometimes so hesitant to proclaim the word of Jesus and so resistant to hearing it? Why is it that we have more Bibles now than ever before in history, and yet we are more biblically illiterate than many times before us? If Jesus' powerful word comes to us in the Bible and in sermons and churches, why the neglect? Why the apathy? I believe the answer is quite simple, and that is this. We would rather hear things that tickle our ears. Indeed, we would rather have things tickle our ears. Yes, we would rather have our ears tickled than challenged. We would rather have our ears entertained than confronted. We would rather have our ears comforted than dared. That is the way it is with our fickle ears. You see, we all like to hear things that make us happy. We like to hear things that produce satisfaction in us. We want to hear things that allow us to think in a way that we are reinforced. We want to remain unchanged and unchallenged. We do not want to be interrogated, and we do not want to be shaped by a word or a message that contradicts us in our long-held presuppositions. So we either cover our ears in protest or we run from a challenging message to escape. Sometimes we even attempt to replace that thought-provoking message with something else that tickles and entertains our ears. To the point, yes, to the point, we want to hear things that agree with us. Messages that tell us what we already think. Nobody, I repeat, nobody likes to be wrong. And nobody likes to be judged. Now, my friends, we can sometimes accomplish this, this selective hearing, when it comes to politics and sports, no doubt about it. We can simply tune out that television station or tune out that radio program that disagrees with us. However, the reality is that the word of Christ comes to us contrary, yes, contrary to our thinking and contrary to our ambitions, whether we like it or not. You see, the word of Christ is not our word, but it is Christ's word. And because it is Christ's word, it will not always agree with us, and it will not always make us feel happy. And it may even rub us the wrong way. And so, we make sure not to share the word of Christ because of this, because it makes us feel uncomfortable And because it makes us uncomfortable, it will surely make our neighbors uncomfortable. And if our neighbors are uncomfortable, they will think that we are weird. And as far as hearing the word of Christ, if we're not closing our ears to the word of Christ or running away from it, we become actually clever by trying to tone it down, trying to temper it. In other words, we petition and request that we update the Bible's language to a more 21st century language and a mindset. You know what I'm talking about. We want the language actually softened a bit to make it less offensive to the modern mindset. For example, instead of the word sin, 
we want to use the word mistake instead. And the word hell, well, that one rubs us the wrong way, makes us squirm. So we replace that word with a word such as place of the dead. And what about the word suffering? That word is replaced with the word inconvenience. These are just a few examples. The point being is this, is that we end up substituting different words for biblical words to tame the word of Christ, to tone it down. We change it to make it more palatable, more easy for us to hear, less offensive. The only problem with this is that when we change Christ's word, we're not merely toning it down, but we're actually exchanging Christ's words for our words. As a result, we do not end up preaching and teaching and hearing the word of Christ, but we end up hearing the word of men. And unlike the word of Christ, the words of men, I repeat, the words of men are not powerful in the way that Christ's word is powerful. No way, no how. Not the same. Frankly stated, my friends, without the word of Christ, Indeed, without the word of Christ, faith is not possible. And if faith is not possible, we know that salvation is not possible as well. And if there's no faith and no salvation, there's no church, but just a bunch of people gathered together, listening to the ramblings of mankind, words that simply sound religious, but are nothing more than empty, pious noises. A clanging gong. Now, dear friends, Christ's powerful words, the reality is they do not allow our thinking, our ideas, and opinions to stand, but Christ's powerful words destroy and scatter everything. The word of Christ takes everything captive. It destroys and crucifies whatever is in us that is not of his word. He does not allow anything to remain in us, which is all very good, even though It sometimes hurts. On the other hand, Christ's powerful words do not leave us utterly destroyed and scattered, though. There is more. Yes, there's more to the word of Christ. The word of Christ not only destroys, but it also creates. The word of Christ creates faith in us. Think about this for a moment. The Lord who spoke the world into existence in the book of Genesis the first chapter, the word that creates everything through speaking is the same Lord who spoke healing and faith to that poor deaf mute man. And the same Lord who spoke faith and healing into that deaf and mute man is the same Lord with the same word who spoke faith into existence in you and me. You see, we have all been where that deaf man is or was We indeed have all been where that deaf man was. We were deaf to the word of Christ, and our tongues were tied too. But someone loved us enough to bring us to Jesus, to place us before Jesus, and beg Jesus to heal our deafness and release our tongues. And so for many of us, this happened in our baptisms when our parents picked us up, when our parents scooped us up and placed us under that mighty water of baptism where the mighty word of Christ in the name of the triune God was placed over our head and our heart, words spoken above us and to us and into us. And so as a helpless babe, we were given ears to hear, and our tongues were released to confess. Nothing would ever be the same. 
You see, baptized saints, this is why, indeed, this is why we are people of the book, as they say. This is why we are about Christ's word. This is why all of our ministries are centered around the Bible, around the word of God, around the word of Christ, and never apart from the word. You see, whenever the word of Christ is spoken to you, whether in a sermon or a devotion or a hymn or straight from the Bible, Jesus himself is present and speaking his powerful word to you. And the very word of Christ that can open the ears of a deaf man, the very word of Christ that creates the world, the very word of Christ that silences the raging sea, is the same word that creates and sustains special ears of faith in you so that you might hear rightly. Yes, to hear of your sin, and to especially hear that for Christ's sake, for his sake, all of your sins are forgiven. That is what the word does for you. The word, it actually grants you repentance, grinds you to a fine powder in repentance and confession of sin. And that same word then takes and scoops you up, creates and sustains faith in you so that you might receive and confess and know that you're among the forgiven. And because faith comes from hearing the word of Christ and not from the words of mankind, we are captive to Christ's words. Yes, as Christians and as a church, we are captive to the Bible, for we know that through the Bible, Christ speaks to us, opening our ears to hear and opening our mouths to confess his praises. This, my friends, is the beauty. This is the beauty of the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing. Through the proclaimed word, we are cleansed. My friends, baptized saints, it is the word. It is always the word of Christ. The word of Christ for you and for me. The word of Christ that creates faith. The word of Christ that sustains faith. The word of Christ that captivates us today and forevermore. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionglinner.org. The Lord bless and keep you.